Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another episode of First and 16, the League Pod. I'm your host, Chris Ferreira, and we have another episode in store for you today. This is the week four, no, sorry, week five recap, week six look ahead episode. And uh, the theme this year has been I'm having new guests every week. It's been great. People have been jumping on, and this week is no different. This week, I'm joined by the birthday boy from Sunday, Mr. Brandon Morales. And we're going to talk a little bit about last week's action. We're going to talk a lot about the Chargers. We're going to talk about this John Gruden nonsense. And we're just going to look ahead at the fantasy landscape, where we're at so far five weeks in, and uh, kind of where we're going and everything. So without further ado, let's bring Brandon in. Brandon, how are you doing today? I am doing great. Much better now that I'm out of the office, driving home, and I get to share my commute home with you. So this would be great. Yeah, so if the audio stops randomly and you hear me screaming, guys, it's because I've distracted Brandon while he's driving home from work and he has crashed his car. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> let's hope that isn't the case because I, I was a little nervous when he said, yeah, I got like an hour and a half commute home. We can do it at then. I was like, are you sure you want to talk to me like about <laughs> sports while you're driving? <laughs> it's all right. I, for everyone at home, I have my ear pods in, so I am hands-free. I have my cell phone set up safely covering my speedometer so i don't know how fast i'm going you gotta do that relative speed you know Mm -hmm. so we're good we're good good. i say that as i adjust my camera for the third time you know i was listening to dak shepherd he has his podcast and uh there was i heard it's really good actually it's pretty good and they did an entire episode in the car both of them in the car and apparently there's some sort of device that you can buy similar to a phone mount, but it's basically like a podcasting mount that's supposed to be safe to record while you're driving. And they recorded the entire like hour episode while they were driving from one part of Utah to another. They have a device for everything now. I, I swear someone's just at home like, you know, it'd be nice if I had a little device folder for my phone while I'm podding in the car because that's what everyone does all the time. <laughs> exactly as if as if we should you know maybe be doing something else while we're driving no we don't need to drive right we can do no, all this other exactly. stuff in the car soon there's Say, gonna be like a, to waff, a waffle griddle or something in there <laughs> you ready to go to the studio to record you can drive yeah let's go yeah exactly crazy technology well now especially if you have a tesla and you go on autopilot you can just do everything in your car okay i will tell you right now now that my commute like i have to have a terrible drive now with this new job but driving in the morning and afternoon i see people with their teslas and i see them just kicking back and it the jealousy that flows through my veins <laughs> man i'm seeing so many more of the charging uh stations pop up around me and stuff yeah. so it's like making it look like it's even more convenient and i'm like they do look kind of cool they are pretty cool mm-hmm. nice well Again, we're excited to have Brandon here. We're going to talk about uh, this last weekend, talk about um, kind of our teams and everything and just the landscape of football. First off, though, uh, how was your weekend, man? It was your birthday on Sunday. Uh, Did you get to hang out with the family and uh, get pampered a little, maybe enjoy your Sunday? Not really. So (laughs) Ezra has a cold, like a really bad cold. We had to get COVID tested. You know, thankfully it's negative. Everyone in the house is vaccinated except for obviously the kids mm-hmm. but it's still it's a cold so he's super congested coughing sneezing bunch of mucus coming out so that was uh yeah that was the birthday weekend that, taking that care was, of him felt no. terrible for him 
That was your birthday present? <laughs> yeah. In fact, Sunday night, I was at urgent care with him. Oh, my at, God. Like, we were watching. He and I were actually watching the phone, the game, uh, the Sunday night game on my phone when they started the second half. Jesus. Yeah. So. <laughs> so this was this probably, I mean, even though it was probably, you know, not the birthday you wanted, at least you got to hang out with the fam and the little one. Yeah. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was nice. And I mean, I love hanging out with the kids, especially because of this new job. Like, I'm not home as often as I was before since such a long commute. So I do look forward to the weekends to spend the whole weekend with Ezra and the little one. Do you still do the uh, the uh, the metro or the train commute sometimes or is that no? More? I do it as often as I can. But like today, I had to go visit a customer, so I had to have my truck with me so I can go visit a customer. But times like that, I use the company credit card for fuel, so I'm not paying fuel out of my pocket. Gotcha. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, Well, that's good to hear. At least you had, you know, a semi-relaxing weekend and got to hang out with the kids and everything. Glad he's... Is he feeling better, though, now? A little? Oh, he's doing much better now. Nice. Much better now, so that's good. That's all important. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Um, But yeah, this weekend was kind of crazy. What a a sports-filled weekend. I'm sure... uh, you, I mean, you were watching the kids and everything, but you got to plop down, hopefully watch some sports, but man, it was crazy from like, from the, from the Wilder Fury fight to the F1 race on Saturday to college football craziness with Alabama getting upset to all of a sudden the longest day of football that I can remember Sunday. And I was crazy enough to wake up, uh, early. I, we were up, te- I think at, at six, we were texting at six in the morning. Yeah. We were, yeah. <laughs> And you had games from basically six in the morning in London all the way till, I mean, that, that Sunday night game, I swear didn't end until like after 10 PM because of the weather delay. Yeah. Yeah. I was nodding off by the fourth quarter because we just got back from the hospital mm-hmm. and like, I was, I was exhausted from the day, just, you know, being with Ezra then being up so early all the time. And it's a long day, super <laughs> long, long day, super long day. And I'm sure you like, at the exact same time period, both of us were probably getting our peak exhaustion because while you were screaming and yelling probably, and then ultimately in oh triumph with the Charger game, I was screaming and yelling and ultimately in defeat watching the 49ers game at the same time. And I was so quarter. tired at, at, after the one o'clock slate. I was spent. So the first, like, two, the first half, Ezra was asleep. And so was the baby. So I was like the first half, like, like just wording and my mouth, like not saying anything, just like, yeah. You're, you're, like, Adam, like, that, you're like, like Adam Sandler in a big daddy when he's like trying to not wake him up. Like, yeah. happy. <laughs> that was me. That's exactly, that was me. So I'm like walking around the living room, fist pumping in the air silently to myself. And then uh, since the babies were up and that fourth quarter, that fourth quarter was in, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't breathe. That was a wild fourth quarter. It was crazy. I didn't even, I obviously I wasn't watching the game live yeah. because I had the Niners game on my TV, but um, when I went hey, back Trey and Lance watched, was injured. Yeah. yeah thanks. Another, another <laughs> I don't need to hear that anymore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I went back and watched the highlights of the game and it was like, I could not imagine that. It reminded me of like when, the 49ers played the Saints to, in 2019 and also in 2018 when the Rams played the Chiefs and that just oh, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. Like, both teams almost scored 50 points. Like I, it was like yeah. whoever had the ball last basically. And the crazy thing is like Eckler tries to not score that last touchdown because you know they, like you, uh, there's a minute and a half left. You guys could probably like give up a touchdown right there to make yeah, exactly. the way the game was going. 
he ran to get to that point. He was running and he had a full head of steam. He could have gone into the end zone. He slid at the two yard line to down it purposely at the two yard line. And that's why he was dancing back there. I mean, give credit to the Browns. That's smarter than in the moment. Like all of them just immediately grab him, go throw him in. Yep. What a, I'd what feel a, a little disrespected and manhandled <laughs> if I was Eckler. Personally, I'd, I'd feel like I need to take a cold shower. Exactly. But, yeah. What a wild game, man. But it, it's an exciting time for the Chargers. Let's just talk about the Chargers right now, whatever. Like, how how is it being a Chargers fan? I know Mina was at the game. He was going crazy and stuff. The state of the Chargers after the last couple of years to, like, Currently, right now, you guys being four and one, the national media talking about you guys being not only, you know, the AFC West favorites now that the Chiefs are struggling so much, but arguably the AFC favorites to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, how does it feel right now to be a Chargers fan? It feels surreal because so many, I mean, I talk all the shit in the world and I'm always so high on the Chargers. Every year, I'm so high on the Chargers. And every year, they always let me down. It's always like we find that way to lose. Like, whatever way you can lose, the Chargers have found that way to lose in the last decade. Mm-hmm. So to now have this team where it's it's like the opposite, where they're finding ways to win. Minus the one loss to the Cowboys, which, in all honesty, we really did beat ourselves. We had two touchdowns called back on illegal procedures. Just dumb, boneheaded you know, mistakes. Mm-hmm. So to have this where every other – like. Last week against uh, the the Raiders, that game. I mean, we had we were cruising, and then the Raiders really, you know, they took the momentum. I was in the stadium; the momentum shifted heavily. But mm-hmm. then Staley has just that guy has brass balls. That guy is not afraid to go for on fourth down. No, and he, so he in, went for it at one point in this Browns game. He went for it on like fourth and whatever, fourth like fourth and five inside your guys' own, own territory, like early in the game too. Yeah, at our own 24 in the third quarter. And he did that because he knew he's like momentum's changing. We got it. We got to shift it back. Like, And so he has another, and he talks about it all the time. He's like, you know, everyone will be talking about us going fourth down, but I have all the confidence in the world in this team. And Joe Lombardi's calling an excellent game. We're going for it. Mm-hmm. And that is in turn inspired the players where the players talk about, it, they're like, yeah, you know, there's not a doubt in coach's mind that, about us so all we know we need to do is just go execute and we all trust each other there's never a doubt in that huddle at all so hearing those things the players talk about it and you hear the chemistry the players talk about and just life in that locker room it's it's different it really is a different team like it coach staley has brought a different mentality and then what the chargers have done they have taken extra time with the chargers media which i always hype up our media team because they're really funny Mm-hmm. But they've taken a lot of time to really do what's called this all-in that they partnered with Pepsi. And the first episode, they highlighted Brandon Staley. It was literally just a highlight reel of Brandon Staley, getting to know the coach. And watching that, then watching his press conferences after games, during you know game prep week, I'm 130% sold on this guy. Like, I love this guy. Now I see what Jalen Ramsey's talking about. Where he's like, he's honestly the best coach I've ever had. And that's crazy because he was literally like one year as a coordinator with the Rams. And all of a sudden, like yeah. the only other like major no. like head coaching he's done was in what, like NAIA football, uh, division he three, was division three. Yeah. He wasn't even the head coach. He was division three defensive coordinator. He wasn't even the head coach. Wow. That's what I'm saying. And that was five years ago, five years ago, he was a defensive coordinator. And so when we hired him, you got to understand, like I was, hell of like, yeah. like you, you've never been a head coach at any level. Five years ago, you were coaching D3, and now you're the head coach of an NFL team. Like, 
there's got to be something going on. But then you see all the people that talk about him, like his former coaches that he's coached with, like they're like, yeah, we that, that's not a surprise at all by any means. And so when you hear the people that he's coached with and players he's coached say like they're not surprised at all, it, it kind of makes you see like, okay, well, maybe there is something about this guy. Yeah. And then you see his press conferences and you see the way the players have rallied around him. The players absolutely love this coach. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest, most important thing. So I, I think loved, that I loved when like I heard him talk and and he said he was talking about Herbert and he was talking about just how special Herbert is. And then like I loved the way his message was to like the team. He was basically saying, like, look, guys, we have someone who's very special at quarterback and he's gonna get mm-hmm. us to the promised land or get us to where we need to be. But the only way he can do that is if all of you guys are there to support him and everything. So it's almost like he, he is hyping up his quarterback, but also telling him like, he can't do it all alone. He needs you guys to come here and, you know, bring your lunch pail and get to work because we have something special here. That was this press conference, this last game, because he was talking about like, you know, we got tested. Can we win a track meet? Yeah, we proved we can win a track meet and we have a special quarterback, but he can't do that without you guys. And so that's what he does. He does. He hypes, he gives respect. One cool thing that chargers do on their app is they've posted every post game, uh, his like his talk, you know, after the game, like, hey, and you guys surprised about this? And you can be in the huddle while he's giving his press or his post game speech of the huddle and or the locker room, and he's giving out the game balls. It's cool. It's cool to see that because usually, I mean, I get it. So that's kind of a private atmosphere, and there is that side of like, hey, like, why are you posting that? Because I mean, AB just got in trouble with that, like, what three years ago or five mm-hmm. years ago, whatever it was. Yeah. But I mean, obviously, the team knows that this is going on because they've accepted the you know the media in the back, but. It's cool the way the players have rallied around him. Well, he's part of now this new lineage of like, like you said, like there was this unknown hire, but all these young unknown hires are panning out. Like Joe Brady, Joe Brady for Carolina on the other end comes out of LSU. Like, and also Mm -hmm. now he's going to be after one year with Carolina, probably the next hot, like young candidate to be hired by a coach. Obviously the years prior, it was the McVeigh. It was the LaFleur. It was Shanahan. You have just, and I'm still high on Zach Taylor. And I'm Zach still high Taylor. on Zach Taylor. Yeah, I mean, every game that they've lost, there's not been blowout losses in Cincinnati. They've been competitive. They should every be four year. and one right now. They should have won yeah. that Packers game. Yes, exactly. So mm-hmm. Zach Taylor's got it going too. Yeah, that's a lot new of life, new lot of yeah. young new life into the NFL, which is good. Like obviously, like as we're gonna talk about when we talk about Gruden and stuff, like some of these older coaches and stuff are so stuck in their ways and um it's it's kind of good to get like fresher perspective i mean kingsbury too kingsbury is another one right now yeah i and oh and he has a totally unique different way of coaching he he does uh what they say on hard knocks or something he said he does uh cell phone breaks with his team which everyone laughed at him for doing it but he's like i co- i know i'm coaching millennials and i know their attention yeah, span it's like what tom brady said he's like you can't keep coaching a 40 year old like he's 20 years old and mm-hmm. treat him like a kid and yeah, Belichick hasn't changed with the times, but I mean, you can't really say anything about Belichick. He's also the greatest coach yeah, to ever exactly. live. That guy can, guy can game plan. I'm like, it's unreal, but it is true. This new changing of the guard, this new young blood coming into the NFL, it's exciting. Dude, he has a freaking cannon, Herbert. And uh, speak on yeah, a little bit is. if you can. Like when you talked about his development and stuff, how important it just had to get Shane Day and Joe Lombardi in there as the quarterback passing coordinator and the offensive coordinator. I know I personally am pissed off. You guys took Shane day from the 49ers. He was our quarterback coach in 2019. We went to the super bowl. 
he is phenomenal. That guy brings some energy to practice. Like watching the video of him in practice, that guy brings so much energy to the quarterback room. Mm-hmm. He's so like he's so excited and passionate to be in there. So uh, he's been phenomenal for it. He hypes up, you know, Herbert everywhere he's right. He corrects him where he's wrong, but he corrects him in such a almost like a fatherly loving manner. Like, hey, you did a great job, you know, but we've got to look at doing this right here. So everything he's very upbeat, very positive. We got uh Chase, uh, Chase Daniel in there, who he already knows Joe Lombardi's system, which yeah. is a great pickup to have as a veteran quarterback to be in there to, you know, let Justin Herbert bounce ideas off of a point out like, hey, you know, when you're in this formation, you're facing this defense. He hasn't done it on the field, but he knows what to look for because he's done it for so long in that offense mm-hmm. in uh, New Orleans. Yep. So, and Lombardi getting that opportunity as the, I know he had one stint as offense coordinator, it went terrible, but I mean, that was, it was Detroit. There's nothing. Yeah. Great about Detroit to me. <laughs> you know no. what I mean? So, That's a place where coaches, coaches go to die in Detroit. Exactly. So you can't put that on him. So I'm, I love Lombardi. This offense, I mean, to get told that we're basically going to get New Orleans Saints offense in L.A., you know how powerful that offense is. They can hit from anywhere. Now you have a quarterback. Drew Brees is amazing, but his arm wasn't there. Now you got mm-hmm. an arm on a quarterback that can hit it literally from anywhere in the field. Field. And exactly what you said, too, with the fact that it's like Lombardi and Daniels both coming from that New Orleans, working with Sean Payton and Breeze. It's almost now like you have yeah. two coaches for Herbert because Daniels is almost like a coach yes. anyways. He's, I mean, yeah. he's like everyone makes fun of Chase Daniels as the, the veteran who gets passed around and he's made so much damn money not having to play. But, I mean, with being in all those locker rooms comes that experience that he can bring and uh, teach Herbert. And uh, during the, during the offseason, during training camp, uh, Drew Brees was actually there for like a good week. I think he was there at training camp, obviously doing media, but at the same time, hanging out with his old coach, hanging out with his old teammate, LT, who's there on, because LT works for the Chargers now. As he works for the NFL Network, he's also with the Chargers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he was in the quarterback room because he talks about it. He's like, yeah, I was in the room with him. This kid's so bright, you know, he's so smart. And I think one of the best compliments I ever heard about, I think it was Colin Coward that said it. He's like, the kid's got a howitzer. He's athletic. And mostly people that have big arms, they want to show it off every chance they get or run that play any chance they get. But he's happy to check down. He's happy to just make whatever the smart decision is. Yeah. He's not looking to show off his legs or his arm. He's looking to make whatever the right decision is. And that's that's crucial. Did you hear what Breeze said at halftime of the night game about Herbert? When he no, said – He was at the training camp of the Chargers, and, and he said yeah. – this was the first quarterback I've ever seen throw a ball that when oh, it, it looks came, like it's faster, it looks like it's faster the farther yes. it gets down the field with how strong yeah. his arm is. Yeah, I heard that, and it's true. The players, I I remember last year, uh, gosh, which one? I forgot who it was. I think it was Bradwell's the running back. He was a rookie that we had drafted. Mm-hmm. He was on the sideline. It was like a mic'd up thing, and he was like, "Damn, yo, I ain't never seen someone throw like that." Like, and he told him, he's like man, his balls. And like the co- the players are like, Hey, you into his balls. And he's like, no, nah, but you know what I'm talking about, man. Like, and it's true. P- people talk about it. The coaches are saying like, what's it like to get sit there? He's like, it's weird to see someone throw that accurate, that strong, that fast, so effortlessly. Mm-hmm. And it just, blo- it blows their minds and it takes them a while. It took him a while to get used to just seeing it. Like, Oh yeah, that's how he throws. It's just, yeah. No one can, no one throws that easily. You know what I mean? No, yeah, he's got a freaking cannon. Breeze also said something really funny. Is they were talking to him about how when he left San Diego to go to New Orleans, and he's talking about how San Diego at the time their pitch to get him to stay was we got this 
this uh, up and coming tight end ex basketball player by the name of Antonio Gates. We think <laughs> we think he's going to be pretty good, Drew. You should stay. And Drew Brees was like, "Yeah, whatever. What the hell? Like, I'm not going to stay here for a basketball player." And he's like, "Boy, was I wrong about that." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, guy, he's all right, Gatesy. I yeah. heard about him. He's all right. Heard about that guy. Still yeah. upset I didn't get his autograph when we went to training camp. He dipped on the oh, park man. on us. Yeah, that's that. That's that veteran OG. I'm like, man, I got everyone's walking away. They get him and Rivers got in the cart. Like, I'll see you guys. And meanwhile, Brandon's like shoving children out of the way to get Philip Rivers' autograph at the last minute. Look, the ends justify the means. I got the signature. Okay. You did. You did. You did. I freaking didn't get it. So hats off to you in that. That was fun. Um, yeah, man. And so the Chargers, man, again, I know everyone who isn't a Chargers fan right now is listening to this roll their eyes, like, like, roll move their on eyes. to something else. Yeah, exactly. Uh, last thing, though, with the Chargers that I want to talk about. My God, how good has Mike Williams been this year? I am upset because I could have gotten just Herbert from Marcus. But mm-hmm. I was already like, you know, like, we're going to move off Mike Williams. He's in a contract year. The team was already upset that they waited so long to pay him his fifth-year option. And they're paying him a lot. And honest to God, I mean, you look at the rest of his beginning of his career. This is a new Mike Williams. Mike Williams has never, ever been like this Mm-mm. ever. So I know you can chalk it up to injuries and getting, you know, whatever. But this guy's exploded. And honestly, I didn't see this coming. I know we have our rookie Josh Palmer and the team is super high on Joshua Palmer. But Mike Williams is playing at another level that we've never seen in Damn you, Marcus. I should have just kept, just kept Mike Williams. <laughs> I mean, he I, I haven't even seen this kind of Mike Williams when he was at Clemson when he was dominating yeah. college. And he yeah, was the number, wasn't he the number one wide receiver that, that came out that year for you guys? You guys took him? Yeah. In the top 10? Number seven overall. And honest to God, I, I wouldn't call him a bust to this point, but he definitely never had lived up to the number seven overall pick. Mm-hmm. But now, I mean, this is a different Mike Williams, which kind of frustrates me because now he's going to make all this money on the free agency, go sign somewhere <laughs> Yeah, signed somewhere with a big old contract. So we just, better, we better just goes to show you. This just goes to show you in fantasy draft wide receivers that are in contract years. Always, that's yeah, the always. yeah. But then you have the flip side of it where Allen Robinson's in a contract year and they just can't get him the ball this for anything. In that's Chicago. not his fault. That is not his fault. <laughs> not his fault. But the the one thing that I think, and I heard uh, them talking about this. They think the reason Mike Williams has just exploded this year is because of Lombardi, because Lombardi yeah, come, comes from New Orleans and they're using Mike Williams like they used Michael Thomas when Michael Thomas was the number one wide receiver. And I knew they had the reports of that, but honest to God, I didn't believe it. I believe that they wanted to get him the ball. I mm-hmm. had no doubts about that. But again, I just doubted Mike Williams because we've never seen this kind of Mike Williams before. So that's why I was like, oh, I'm ready to move off Mike Williams. It's okay. Yeah, We know Keenan Allen's a proven commodity. I'm wondering, I'm wondering now in future fantasy drafts with the emergence of Herbert now as basically, you know, a locked in probably top five quarterback for the next uh, foreseeable future. If we'll see these other skill players, you guys like, leave him alone. Like I know if we'll see them move up. First off, like, I've had him his first two years. So you guys stay out there. Okay. I already put dibs on him. That's my guy. No one's allowed to draft him. I'm putting that out there now. Yeah. I mean, I, I, this summer I was, uh, you know, I, I, was feeling the Herbert magic. And so I took him in a couple of those uh, other leagues that I did, like the one that I'm doing with Matthew Barry for the Scott Fishbowl. He's my quarterback for mm-hmm. that. And he's absolutely dominating in that for me. So um, I think you're going to have to reach on him going forward, Brennan, in drafts, because I'm just going to want him. 
let's just point out that if we'd have kept damn keepers, he would have been in my franchise. Why he'd been my 15th round pick this year. Yep. You would have never you would have had him his whole career. Exactly. I would have never moved. Actually, no, we would have had to after the fifth year. We had that. We're going to institute that, but. <laughs> but man, it was what, I mean, it's a great time to be a Chargers fan. Obviously the one little stat I wrote down here, poor Browns fans, the Browns became the first team in NFL history to score 40 plus points in a game, not turn the ball over and lose. And that's the one way the Chargers not found a way to lose. Yep, it's true. That's Four. a Chargers loss. That's the Charger way to lose. And I know. Years. I feel like you flipped that. That's the Chargers record and everything. It's 401 and one now. There was 401 that's times in a row where a team scored 40 and didn't turn it over. They had they won every time. And the, the Browns become the first ones. Brutal. I have the tiniest amount of sympathy for them. Mm-hmm. Very small tiniest amount um yeah so we'll move off the chargers now let's talk about the other other, uh thing that happened in the afc west and this one will be you know the hot button thing to talk about i i as of this morning john gruden has stepped down as the las vegas raiders head coach five year five of his 10-year contract he stepped down after um emails 650,000 emails were part of a investigation in the Washington football team. And at this point, apparently the only negative things said in those emails were by John Gruden, as he said, some very colorful language towards the commissioner, Demora Smith, who's the head of the players rep, as well as certain other things, including um, homophobic language and some racial language, basically to the point that the Raiders, obviously you guys know now, uh, were kind of being forced to fire him. They didn't decide to. They let him play on Sunday, and uh, the NFL decided to leak more stuff. And as of today, he has been uh, – well, he has resigned of his duties and stuff. Let's talk a little bit about that. What were your initial thoughts on this whole incident? I, I can guarantee he doesn't mean it directly. Like, it, like it is a derogatory term, but that's just almost like locker room talk. I think we all talked that way when we were in high school, too, in the locker room. So not excusing it by any means, but also – you're going to dig 10 years ago. Come on. Yeah. Like this woke cancel culture. Like at what point do we stop? Yeah. It's, it's absolutely asinine. It's crazy that we hold our football coaches to a higher standard than we do our presidents and politicians that yeah, they yeah, can exactly. be skewered when these other people can do and say whatever they want with no recourse. Um, yeah. I agree with you. I'm on the fence. I I try to see it 50-50 because I understand like you cannot, you can't be the leader of a group of men and and an organization, a billion dollar organization with saying that stuff. So as mad as I was that this was the the decision, I think it was the right decision of him to step down because he doesn't need to be a distraction in that locker room for that team. And obviously he was going to be, they were wanting to take him down. But I'm also just upset at the NFL for like, there was like an agenda to get him out of there yeah. it was oh, like yeah. to, to make him the scapegoat, to make him the, the patsy. And no one, no one on Twitter is talking about where these reports came from. This is an investigation in the Washington football team into Dan Snyder, Bruce Allen and all them and all the nefarious shit that they did with the cheerleaders and everything, all the sex scandals and everything that was going on over Washington over the last, you know, however long that has come to light, that's still being investigated. So no one can, 
I guess, technically talk about it because it's still in court. But if you're just going to pick and choose these little emails to get Gruden fired, unleash them all. You have 650,000. And in fact, guess what? Let's unleash all the emails, all right? Let's bust every everything up, blow it all up. I want to see, because I guarantee you, John Gruden is not the only person oh, in the no. NFL, let alone in the NFL, in just America in a that works in a business that doesn't talk like this. And anybody on you know Twitter I, that is saying like, I never talked like this. I never talked like this. Yeah, get like, the hell out of here. You probably didn't send it in an email, but I guarantee people talked like this in, if those they knew are also that the they same, were on a mic or something. Those are also the people that say that are also the same people that say that their four-year-old child came home and saw, you know, I saw this little child that was hungry. And so I took my shirt off me and I'm so proud of my daughter for doing that. It's like, no, no, your daughter didn't do that. Get out of here. Exactly. You're just trying to brag and virtue signal. Exactly. Um, no, you know who <laughs> every coach is probably scrambling like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? Because, you know who I think? Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians is a player's coach. He's mm-hmm. one of the good old boys. Like, I guarantee you, the way he talks, you've heard him talk on, like, you know, hard knocks and stuff like that. Like, I guarantee you, he's got some dirty emails in there. Yeah. Come on. Like, exactly. How are you going to pick and choose which coach you want out? And it's only, I think the only coach, Oh, go ahead. I think the only coach would be safe would be Bill Belichick, probably because he doesn't email. Mm -hmm. And that's the only reason why, because he has someone else to do it for him. Just go, you know, take recording somewhere of practices and then someone else do their emails. And this was totally, you could tell they were just mad at Gruden because Gruden when, because this dates back, you know, 10 plus years when the NFL went on strike, when we first started our fantasy league was the year that right after the strike. And these are when these emails are servicing. When Gruden was an employee at ESPN, he wasn't even an NFL employee. And so I, I was laughing all day when yep. his self-righteous ESPNs over here trying to criticize him. I'm like, he was literally working for you when he did this. Like, so it's malpractice by you yeah, guys I, as well. You're your 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 problem. Exactly. But but I was um oh, where was I going with this? I was I was just so annoyed because he had obviously, you know, the words he chose to use, you can't use those, those words, especially no, in the PC world. We said when he's saying derogatory words about Michael Sam talking about the female officials and everything, obviously the words he used for Demora Smith, um, you can't say those things. So obviously he is going to get in trouble no. and rightfully probably lose his job for that. But this is just so, I'm just so annoyed that he is getting skewered and we're not even looking at Roger Goodell or Snyder and stuff. And I really hope, I, I think it's going <laughs> to, this is well, the, the, reason, the tip of the iceberg. And eventually all this stuff's going to come out and a lot of people are going to get fired. Well, I feel like uh, John Gruden's the kind of person like, oh, fuck me. No, fuck you. So I do see him putting up a fight privately. I do see him because I, I really do feel like Mark Davis and him. I think it wasn't Mark Davis like, I need to fire. It was more like a, this is bullshit. You know, this is the NFL. because. Mark Davis hired him. As, it was an emotional hire for him, too, because his dad had hired him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a very emotional pass between the two. Yeah. I really don't believe Mark Davis went in there like, I need to fire you. You don't belong here. I think it was more of like a they mutually both understand and agree that is bullshit. What's going on? They don't have much of a choice. It's going to be a distraction. Yeah, I like to believe that. Hopefully that's true. Maybe Mark Davis is a you know, jerk off, but. Andrew, That's neither here nor there. Mind right now. Now hear him. Well, he's got to voice his opinion too. He had to voice his opinion. I know. But yeah, like uh, I know. And then like Keyshawn Johnson and all these people come out now and are saying these things, and I'm like, 
why is everyone on. why is everyone piling on now that this is out like if he really was a monster and really was bad like how has no nobody come out now beforehand to say this thing it's always when like the shit has hit the fan and stuff of course or like the the buccaneers coming out making their statement like like that's how far we are in this woke cancel culture where they're so afraid that people will start pointing them like well you employed them back uh you know when you guys won your super bowl and you employed them back then and it's like the fact that we're at that point in society where they need to come out, just come out of left field to make a statement like that. It's yeah. Like, come on. And, and yet like six, seven years ago, Warren Sapp was arrested for like domestic violence and oh, everything yeah. after, after he was put in their ring of honor, did all this shit, went to jail and stuff. They don't take him out of the ring of honor. <laughs> no, that's different. Yeah. Or, or you have a player like Joe, I mean, you have a player like Joe Mixon who punched a girl at a bar in Oklahoma in college, but he can still play football and everything. Like he literally assaulted Hunt. someone. Cream Hunt, same thing. Cream these, Hunt. These people yeah. can still play football, but like, because he is in a position of authority, obviously he's held to a yeah. higher standard. But I, <laughs> I, I hate the, like, it's... you can't even say the, the locker room talk thing anymore because Trump fucking ruined that for all athletes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it it's frustrating to put it lightly to put it simply it is frustrating it's ridiculous it is it's so annoying i i um i obviously was wanting to tweet all day yesterday when the news broke but i was like if you obviously side uh or feel sympathetic towards gruden at all you're gonna you're get canceled canceled along with it so um obviously i'm not condoning anything he said in those emails obviously like Publicly, you're not. Publicly, he has, you're not. He, no, he has to face the pun. <laughs> he has to face the punishment for no, it's true. using those words. So, but um, it's just the it's just the uh, sanctimonious, self righteous be- behavior by people that didn't even play football, people that have never been in a locker room, people that have never that say that they've never spoke like that. And it's like, okay, like yeah, he he did say some bad things, but just like people that live in glass houses should not throw stones. Basically, well, they're perfect. You got to understand that those people are perfect. He who is without sin may cast the first stone. I don't recite the Bible a lot, but that is one of my favorite verses. Brandon's uh, going to put gas in his car. And we're just going to keep going and stuff. We'll uh, we'll move off the Gruden stuff right now before, you know, obviously I say or Brandon says something that we get canceled. But uh, <laughs> I don't I don't think that's going to happen. Although watch in five years, they're going to dig this podcast up when I'm like working somewhere and. Uh, I'm going to lose my job because I, Mr. Ferreira, can you step into the office, please? I felt, sim- aware of some, I, I uh... felt sympathetic for a man that was being used as a scapegoat. Um, okay. So we'll move off of the Gruden thing. Um, obviously for all you Raiders fans, it sucks. This is totally something that is, has the potential to completely derail your season because now you have oh, yeah. an interim head coach who is the special teams coordinator and you might have a divided locker room because you could have a bunch of people in that locker room that really loved John Gruden. And you could have others that maybe were thinking more like Keyshawn Johnson. So uh, it will be interesting to see what happens to the Raiders for the rest of the season going forward. Um, if you could overcome this or if this will, you know, sink the season. All right. I know the happiest person to see all this, though, is uh, Urban Meyer, right? Because we're not talking about Urban Meyer right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think the best meme was the one of uh, Michael Scott. Finally, finally, <laughs> my name is not. Oh, no, no, in no, the there. thank you. Yeah, the thank you. Oh yeah, because it's true though. Urban, 
But I think, honestly, I think Urban Meyer should get a bigger punishment. And we're not even talking about that. Like, he was publicly, you could see him. I mean, maybe there wasn't sex, but the dude's getting some, you know, like, getting grinded up on, feeling up on her ass, and he's a married man. It's like, that's a bad image. And then you hear about how all the positional players are just laughing at him. Mm-hmm. He lost that locker room. Look, I, saw, I think – I think yeah. Gruden would have had better control of his locker room than Urban has over his locker room right now. We already said you can you can apparently assault other people, you can cheat on your wives, and nothing will happen. But if you send the wrong email, goodbye. Oh, buddy. <laughs> buddy. So, yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about some other football. Uh, again, obviously, the 49ers game didn't go the way I wanted. I was locked in on that. Um, Trey Lance, shaky, looked like a rookie, but – they were using him kind of like Cam Newton back in the day with uh, Carolina, which I was actually not very happy about because now he's obviously hurt gonna, and they ran him 18 freaking times. And I wish they would just I was gonna ask you about that. run the damn offense <laughs> like we do with Jimmy instead of, I mean, they were saying basically like he felt the most comfortable doing this type of offense because he's still a rookie and learning the playbook. But um I just am not – I mean, you see what they do with Lamar Jackson, and he's obviously able to avoid it, but he's a lot more shiftier. He doesn't take big hits. And, uh, Jesus, Trey Lance was trying to truck stick people like he was back in college. It was making me sweat. And, yeah, and he doesn't seem to realize that where he was in college, jumping up from F- FCS up to, you know, the NFL, that's a big, big jump rather than just going FBS to the NFL too. Yeah. So, so, yeah, you can't be doing that. <laughs> no, you can't be doing that. And thank what God. What was it, Aaron Rodgers? Anyway, oh, yeah. Aaron Rod- sorry about it. Aaron Rodgers told Slide. He told that to, to uh, Slide. To Burrow. Yeah, he told Burrow. Yeah, to you're too talented to be doing that. You need a Slide. I'm hoping that this – thank God we have the bye right now for four hours. We need it probably more than any other team because not only the injuries, but just the, like, shit show that is our – locker room right now um with everybody like half the room wanting jimmy to still be the quarterback half wanting lance and the whole fan base on twitter wanting to fire kyle shanahan because they're idiots um so i hope that the <laughs> just so- hearing all that i'm sorry <laughs> dude you should dude 49ers twitter is a fucking like landmine man you go on it it's just I'm trying to like figure out like who has experienced this and I I don't know um like it's basically god the Chargers you guys didn't even get to really experience it at all because the moment uh Tyrod started to play well he gets stabbed and you get Herbert right away yeah yeah that's um, one thing fortunate as a Charger fan is I've never experienced bad quarterback play. Like we've had a guy there, you know, forever. For and now years, we have basically. a new guy. Yeah, and now we have a new guy that's looking like he's going to be here for the next twenty years. So since since Ryan Leaf, you've basically had a good quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe that's what it is. Every team just needs to pay their pay their dues. You know, mm-hmm. get a Ryan Leaf, pay your dues, and then you're good after that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the. Uh... The 49ers, obviously, we'll, 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 we'll see how it's going to go. Not the way I'd like it, three straight losses and everything. Um, Andrew was so pumped watching the Bengals-Packers game, and I don't know if you caught the end of that game, but what a freaking wild end to that game. Did you see the end of that game with all the missed field goals? Oh, my God. 
Yeah, that was just – I was watching the post game of Mason Crosby talking to their, their kicker, mm-hmm. and he was basically telling me, like, that was wild. Like, they were laughing about it. He's like, hey, you're great. You're going to grow from it. This is just one of those challenges for you. And it's true. I mean, the, the young guy, he you feel bad for the kicker. He's a rookie, and, oh, man. He had two shots to win the game. So you had a rookie who misses two field goals. But then you had the old savvy vet, the all-time leading scorer for the Green Bay Packers and Mason Crosby decide in crunch time to miss three straight game-winning field goals. All in all, five straight kicks were missed in this game to send it to overtime. Yeah, I want to see a stat from the NFL. Like, when's the last time that's ever happened, you know? Like, that was – we had some good overtime throws when you think about it. We had that game, we had the Chargers game, and then last night's game. Another one. Every every primetime game, the NFL has like you know lucked out. They've all been basically great. Like the yeah. only one that maybe wasn't great was the Panthers Texans, but even that was kind of exciting to watch. But yeah, like every whether it was Sunday night football or or Monday night football or Thursday, they've all been fantastic. Yep. Last night's yeah. game, no no exception. Where I uh I I I, I almost didn't want to podcast with you today because. I was so mad last night. I about broke my phone. And when Jonathan Taylor caught that swing pass on the very first time oh, of the game. Oh, it was gone for 76. I literally thought it was Naheem Hines at first. So I went from immediate jubilation to then when I saw it was 28, I immediately just sunk into my body. And I was like, oh my God, I'm up 20 points. And in the blink of an eye, this is literally now a five point game and it's anybody's ball game. And he has the better running back. Uh, yeah, that that's heartbreaking. Because I honestly, God, I thought at first glance it was Heinz as well, and I was like, "Oh shit, Chris is gonna, Chris is gonna seal this win right now." Oh, Taylor, no. fucking Taylor. And then Lamar Jackson yeah. nuclear in the fourth quarter after just like you know everyone saying thinking the Colts had. That, I, I don't know how the Colts were dominating that game too because they weren't playing like crazy, no. like really well, but like all of a sudden. Like the flip, the switch flipped in the fourth quarter. Lamar turned into, you know, Brett Favre back there, just heaving it all over the place. And that's something that we've never seen. I, I'll be the first to tell you, I talk shit about Lamar. Like he can't pass. Like, yeah, he can run, but look at his. I think before, going into that game, his career average is like 180 yards per game passing. Mm-hmm. That's not that much. That is no. not that much. That is pretty low. So there's reason to be skeptical about like, Hey, he, yeah, he's very one dimensional with the ball. Yep. But last night, I mean, he put on a clinic last night in that fourth quarter and the chargers play them this weekend. So it's actually got me a little like, Oh, it could okay. be another, it could be another shootout. Like you guys had this. Yeah, week. exactly. I'm already getting nervous. I'm already getting like, <laughs> oh, I got to prepare my body for another one of those. They didn't get though, because they were shut down so early. They after last week's fiasco with the Broncos of them getting that hundred yard record, they didn't get it this week. <laughs> yeah, I know. They weren't know. able and to I was get thinking it. About, thinking about that the whole time. They tied the record, couldn't beat it. I wonder how much that was talked about in the locker room or Lamar, just amongst the players. Lamar said it after the game when the reporter brought it up, he had like forgot. He's like, Oh, we didn't. He's like, Oh, well we got the win. That's all that matters. Bullshit. You know, they walked away like, damn it. Yeah, <laughs> record. Especially now that it got publicized, like if they hadn't got it yeah. and just knew about it, no one would care. But now everyone's gonna laugh at them about not getting it because they made such a big deal against Denver to get it. 
Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. And, and, and at the end of the day, they're all athletes. They're competitors. You know there's that competitive nature in them where they're like, I wish I'd have just gotten that, that, that damn record. It's not that big of a deal, but it is a big deal. Mm-hmm. It is. Speaking of competitive nature, man, the league is starting to, you know, we're starting to see who the top teams now are in the league and everything. In fact, last week or this week was one of the highest scoring weeks in league history. 13 of our 16 teams scored over 100 points. Five, the five, NFL. Yeah, five teams, Evolving. five teams in our league, including myself and Andrew and Hayden and almost you because you scored, I think, 97. Um, five yeah. teams scored over 100 and lost. So infuriating. This, it, like we said, we talked about the whole, the younger generation of coaches coming in, the offenses are expanding. So we're seeing a lot more offense now. And it is, it's exciting to see these high scoring matchups between us and mm-hmm. the, the competitive nature. I mean, there's a few teams that are really starting to separate themselves. Marcus beating me on my birthday weekend. That, that's cool. But, He's established himself as a really good roster. Anthony got back-to-back matchups now. So I got Marcus last week. I got Anthony this week. Another strong roster. That's so funny because I have I have Marcus this week, and I played Anthony last week. We're gonna have to get together, trade some game tape, and uh, exactly, um, yeah. You you get let me let me know what you what you got when you scouted uh, Marcus, so yeah. I can you know look that over. I'll let you know about you Anthony. To, yeah, you need to watch him when he goes. He goes double tight on third downs. I'll uh, just make sure, you know, you cover the swing pass to Jonathan Taylor, right? Don't let him oh, get outside. God. Yeah. How has, uh, how has um, trying to make trades worked for you? I know you've, you've made a couple trades so far, and obviously you were given a roster that you had to really tinker with, and you've turned it into a really damn good thing. You're sitting in first place right now with your roster that you've reshaped and stuff, but uh, has it been tough for you to try to swing trades and reshape this roster? Yeah, it's like out of nowhere, everyone just stopped listening to me, stopped entertaining my offers. I don't know why you guys can't just have the decency to at least deny, just just deny the offer, just say no. <laughs> like, I don't know what it, why you can't just say no. Like, that drives me insane. I'll be sitting there in my inbox for like six days. I feel like I'll be sitting there just like, oh, my God, come on. Just I already know you're not going to say no, just at least decline it. Yeah. But then I don't want to cancel the offer because it's that, well, what if they do say yes? What if they are just entertaining it this whole time? Mm-hmm. But trades, trades have saved my season because I was going into the season like, oh, fuck, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the Sacco. Like, <laughs> I'm going to be Sacco. So after I made my first trade, I was like, man, I'm just hoping I just at least finish 15th. Now I'm actually looking like, hey, let's, let's win this division. Let's get in the playoffs. Let's make some noise. Yeah. You have a winnable division now. You're sitting in first place. You've shown that your team can score. Um each week in fact i think you're in the top half of scoring um, i'm number so. five in the league in scoring which also is kind of frustrating about my power rankings <laughs> just want to point that out there i'm number five in scoring i'm just saying i know it's just those two losses man they're the ones holding you from from jumping up and last week here's you and hayden were upset you guys both didn't move up last week well this week you both lost and you didn't move down so it evened out right. that's fair I can, <laughs> I, I can accept that that's I fair can. then that's a fair trade-off <laughs> Uh, that's fair but yeah like literally all your key guys i mean basically from herbert gordon hayward uh keenan allen debo samuel all these guys corderell patterson you freaking have hit on last year's james robinson basically yeah he has been a revelation for my team 
He's still upset last week. I know I w- it wouldn't have made a difference, but I, I benched Gaskin last week. And I'm oh my kicking God. myself. Had you, fair, would I mean, you have won if you did or no? No. No, I wouldn't have won. So it's not that's why I'm not totally upset. It's nice to know that, well, hey, is he getting back in the offense? Because the week before, he had 14 snaps yeah. last week. Like, not even, like, touching that. No, like, he was only on the game for 14 snaps. And then he's playing the Buccaneers. That's why I sat him. I was like, I'm not going to have him. I mean, there's no, yeah. Yeah. So, now the team has some potential. Yeah, your team has potential. Now, potentially, you know, if Gaskins gets back on track, you have three three running backs, which is what you want. And you have – I got a fourth. Who, who's your fourth one? I got uh, Darrell Williams, who's now set to be oh, RB1. that's right. Yeah, because now that CH, CH was just put on IR, um, so he's looking like he might – I'm so pissed you beat me out on that bid. Um, and Marcus is probably so pissed because he just cut him, right, when that <laughs> happened. <laughs> Esco, poor Esco, man. You cut him, and now he becomes a starter. Yeah, so, okay, so you have four potentially starting running backs, and your receiving core has been like the – complete like underdog surprise receiving core with Brandon cooks being on like the worst team, but like literally getting like a million targets a game and Debo Debo coming out and just having his breakout season. That's my guy. That's my, I'm the biggest Debo fan in the world right now. That's my guy. I'm so mad because I remember at the beginning of the year, I, I, we talked about Debo for a second. You're like, yeah, I would offer him to you, but I know you already have Iuke, So you probably don't want him. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go with Iuke. And now I look like a dumbass for that. <laughs> I would have, I would have looked like a dumbass if we'd have made the trade. And honestly, I would have made the trade stoked. Like, hell yeah, I got you. All right, mm-hmm. let's go. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, so it's it's been uh, you know a good start for your team. Obviously, like way better than obviously you projected or predicted probably. And uh, you're sitting at the top of your division. We'll see how how things shake. But you have another tough matchup this week. I myself, things are not, I don't even want to talk about my team right now. Um, just ha- I'm just happy to participate. <laughs> play. Hey, hey, Darrell Williams is available. He I know. is available for the right cost. I'll have to, you know, Zach Ertz, man, uh, Goddard has COVID. We could make a deal. I'm not going to trade one week for four to five <laughs> weeks. Well, actually, no, I picked up Darrell Williams. I told you about this. I picked up Darrell Williams. Before even this, just because his snap count and his touches were increasing every week, his volume of usage was increasing. Yeah, that's a really potent offense. I was just going to get him just to have him as like a flex option. So, and Ceh is always going to get hurt like through college and last year. Now this and, year, and Daryl Williams, they're using him at the goal line. Like Ceh yep. is like in the middle of the field, but every time they got down to the red zone, it was like put in. It's so. It must be so. He's going to frustrate you though because the way though the Chiefs do that stupid ass like underhand pass to Kelsey in the goal line, like, and stuff like, it's going to be so yeah. frustrating. It's frustrating seeing Kelsey go off every week. Cause I know, like, I was like, I knew I had him mm-hmm. and I wanted to keep him so bad, but I knew I was like, there's no way I'm going to do anything in this season with him on my roster. I need to sell him to yeah. get stuff back. So it frustrates me seeing him go off every week. Now that it was the right move so far for you. Yeah. Can't complain completely. Collateral damage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah um but yeah that was basically this slate this week um obviously uh sunday was a crazy busy day for both of us his birthday i watched football for you know probably 12 15 hours straight it felt like i was exhausted by the end of it um we're gonna give out some awards now uh towards the end of this episode i want to highlight um oh i gotta highlight brandon too in this you know i'm gonna give my uh 
give my Barker Bowl shout out to my friend Jesse Elward, who had the uh, league high 214 points this week in the Barker Bowl. So shout out to Jesse. Jesse is 5-0 and right now in the action division. Um, and there's another man in here who is also... Uh, are you five and zero or four and one in the Barker Bowl? You're having a great Barker. I am Barker five Bowl. and zero. Five I am and five and zero. You are uh, you yeah. are killing it right now in the Barker Bowl. You are also in the action division. That's right. Comedy. Comedy. That's right. So, Sorry, you're in comedy. But you're in first so, place. You're in first place in the comedy yeah. division. Yeah, that feels good. Uh, you know, while we talk about this, we do need to talk about another member of this league who is having the opposite. Kind of a season right now. Oh uh, yes, someone who hasn't tasted victory at all. Poor our, our guy John, Big John. Poor John, man. John, right now, and I know he's gonna hate hearing this because he doesn't like to get singled out about things. <laughs> you know, but John. Bad, but... John in the league and is also in the Barker Bowl, and John is a combined zero and ten across both leagues right now. Um. I thought, you know, it was tough for me right now sitting at one and four. And I I think I'm three and two in the Barker Bowl. So I, you know, I'm okay there. But like, man, poor John has tasted defeat every week this year um, across two big leagues. So tough, tough sledding. You got any words of wisdom for him? Yeah. Don't shoot yourself in the foot with trades. I know we all keep saying that. But we're going to keep saying it. We're going to keep implying it. John, we love you. Yes. We want to see you successful. A more competitive John is a more competitive league is a more competitive everything. Exactly. Keep it up, John. I know, I know right now you're like me and you, John, we're, you know, it's looking like me, you, Gabe, or Gabe, not going to be having good seasons. So we're going to be battling it out probably for Sacco, which is obviously the worst <laughs> battle to have. So. <laughs> You know, the state my team's in, you can uh, continue to, uh, you know, just 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 stay even with me for the love of God, because uh, I don't see a lot yeah, of you... W's in my 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 uh, rearview mirror uh, coming in. John, things. you're only one win away from tying it with it. So exactly. Woof. God. <laughs> um, speaking of other, you know, bads this week, the Survivor Series eliminator of this week goes to Dan Nguyen. Dan. Congratulations, you become our fifth member of this. He Dan scored 72.48 points this week. Dan has had a rough last couple of weeks with his team, but now he joins myself and Shane and Gabe and Esco all in the eliminator. So that is five teams that have been eliminated. Ten more weeks of this, and we will have a uh, champion. Have you gotten close any of these weeks to being eliminated? Week two, I scored, I think, 75, and that was the closest. And I was getting nervous. I was like, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. But then I was clear to it. So I was like, all right, well, we're good then. There was like this week, four weeks I was like in it. <laughs> I knew it was a matter of time. <laughs> this week I was a little frustrated because I, I saw it wasn't projected 100. And so, yeah, like we were talking about everyone scoring 100 nowadays. And so I was kind of like, oh, shit, am I going to be on the block for it? But then I just started watching everyone else's matchup. And I said, oh, mm-hmm. thank you, guys. Thank you for taking that bullet for me. Yeah. But the so, other thing that you need to look at too is now that we're getting further into it is that I see low scores and I'm like, oh, okay, we're cool. Oh, shit. No, that's Marcus. He's already been eliminated. So mm-hmm. you can't count on him. And now you need to look at who's not eliminated and still scoring well. 
yeah, now, now you're going to start seeing teams that have already been eliminated. And what's crazy is you're going to potentially start seeing teams that win their matchup and they get eliminated. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> Hell yeah, I won my matchup. I scored 107 and I got eliminated. And I got eliminated. So no one is safe. No one is safe. There's still 10 of you guys. Um, or sorry, there's 11, 11 of you guys still. But uh, 10 more weeks and we'll, we'll crown a uh, champion for this. So keep it up. Let's, uh, let's go into the awards section of this podcast. And uh, I'm going to let Brandon start us off with the MVP award because I feel like it's only fitting that he gives out this award. The MVP award this week goes to my very own Justin Herbert. Unfortunately, the rest of my team wasted his talents <laughs> because he did his very best to throw my team on his back, and he scored 42.82, 398 yards passing, 10 yards rushing, five total touchdowns. My guy's an animal. He said on the sidelines, like, look, coach, I got you. I'm going to do everything I can. I said, I appreciate that, Justin. Try to give a pep talk to the rest of my team. They couldn't pull it out for my guy. Couldn't pull it out. But a valiant effort for Justin, man. That's uh, He's now, uh, you know, top uh, top five quarterback in fantasy football, and he's leading his Chargers to a 4-1 record. So, you know, you can't be mad about that. Just didn't get you the victory this week, but hats off MVP to Justin Herbert. Uh, we'll go Beast Mode Award next. This one was a tightly contested award because there was about like three or four teams all vying for this on Monday Night Football. Um, Cam had it at 130 at the start of the game. But then Marcus had uh, Marquise Brown go off, Hollywood Brown. You had Alex have Lamar go off. And then you had Shane, who had Mark Andrews go off. And they all scored over like 130 points. And it ended up with Marcus pulling this award out. Marcus scored 143 points this week to uh, receive our Beast Mode Award. So I know he was pumped. He was texting me being like, do I start? you know, the running back Latavius Murray, or do I go Malcolm Brown? And I was like, well, I don't know, Murray. Wow. You need help from the commissioner, huh? Well, he was just like, he was wondering, he was like, I already won my matchup basically. So I just need to know the points. And so he was like, what's the riskier play? And I was like, well, do you want the beast mode award or do you just want to, you know, just like the safer play? Like he'll probably get you like five, five to 10 points. He's like, I want beast mode. Brown's the best shot at getting like 20 points. I told him, I challenged him. I said, you better watch out. I told him, uh, Justin Tucker's coming for that ass. I said, we're going to score 10 field goals, five, 50 yards and over. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to score one to 60 yards and over. And he's going to score or two 60 yarders, some field goals. And then he screenshotted back in empty spot at the flex. And I was like, well, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Giving you a shot at it. Yeah. That's funny. So congrats, Beast Mode, to Marcus Polares. Next award. Congratulations, sir. Next award is going to go to Fatality, Flawless Victory. Our very own Kyle Martinez over Marcus Escobar. Beat him down by 53.16 point margin. Kyle, you got to come walking away feeling good after that victory dominating performance kyle had tom brady just absolutely go off against the uh the miami dolphins and stuff and kyle's team kyle kyle has this like weird little sleeper team that like any week could beat someone but then also any week could like lay an egg so and he feels so bad for him because he's had some some real tough injuries too mm-hmm. yeah so uh, 
Kyle, I mean, I'm going to play him again once more this year, but uh, don't sleep on Kyle and your guys' matchups. He can, you know, <laughs> he can flawless victory your ass like you did Marcus. Um, speaking of Marcus, let's go to the participation <laughs> award. This is the first time this year that this award has not gone to the Bar- to the Survivor Series Eliminator because we are now past this point where we have people scoring low numbers that have already been eliminated. This person has already been eliminated from that, and that is Marcus Escobar, who gets our participation award this week, 52.78 points. Just, uh, you know, an overall really, really bad week. In fact, this is the lowest scoring week of the season so far. So uh, congratulations. Thanks for participating, Marcus. Tough look for my guy, Marcus. Tough look. Game of the week. We have two game of the weeks to highlight this week. First one being you, our very own commissioner, pitted against Anthony. Mm-hmm. Uh, close matchup, eight point spread on it. But you guys both have hitters on your squad. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you're I'm you're playing like- <laughs> yeah. I'm playing Anthony. I was reading your notes, and I'm reading. It. I'm like, wait. I'm well, you're you're looking you're looking at this next week's matchup of the week. Do the game of the week of the previous week. Oh, that's right. <laughs> you're giving out the award. The previous week. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, game of the week. The previous week. Sorry. To be fair, I'm. I was driving. like, I was at first. I'm like, two of them. Like, did you add another one? Yeah. <laughs> no, sorry, that's my fault. To be fair, I'm driving and I'm looking at a different cell phone too. So, <laughs> safety, of course. Yes. Game of the week this last week was Anthony versus Chris. As we discussed, Chris is up 19 points going into Monday Night Football, and he's feeling pretty good about himself when he thought he saw Naeem Hines. Oh, I'm sorry, that was last night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was last night. Still, hey, still salty. There you go. Yeah, still salty. He's feeling really good about himself going up with Naeem Hines for that touchdown, only to realize it was not Naeem Hines. Jonathan Taylor had taken the game from it pretty much at that point and ran away with it. So kudos to you, Anthony, for pulling off a big upset comeback. Not much an upset, but nice comeback win on a Monday night football that always feels good. Yeah, kind of ripped my uh, heart out of my chest because if I would have pulled that win off, I'd be two and three. So. I'd be two and three if I would have pulled that win off and I'd be sitting a lot better, feeling better at myself. And I lost and now I'm one and four and Anthony's now four and one. So uh, congrats to Anthony, your team uh, doing pretty good this year. My team uh, not doing so good. So uh, good job, sir. I know I didn't respond to your text. I was too fucking pissed. I went to bed right after the game. (laughs) Um, um okay and our last, I lost uh, what was I that? lost audio and video for the last like 15 seconds. I know you did. Uh, your screen was frozen but I just kept talking. Okay, there we go. <laughs> yeah. All you folks at home, there you go. Yeah. Last uh, award. Yeah. Oh, you're giving the last award. Sorry. Yeah. This is the, you know, our favorite award, the never, never, never going to give you up Rick Astley award. And uh, we already we kind of already talked about this, poor, this poor gentleman, but we're going to, you know, talk about him again and lay it on thick this one goes to our lovely member john peterson he is our last remaining winless team now that gabe got his win this week and is off the snide john sitting zero and five zero and ten across both the league and the barker bowl <sighs> don't give up john don't ever give up we, we we know you can overcome this my man there's still a lot of season left keep fighting you have a championship on your mantle you need to draw upon your fantasy prowess let's make some moves let's get you back in the category let's get you winning 
gods of war, may your hammer be mighty. <laughs> Channel those, man. Hey, John, at least, though, the Dallas Cowboys are looking really good. So you can at least be proud of that. You got something to hang your head on. Definitely not the USC right now. So, uh, oh, God, no, we don't talk about them anymore. Let's not talk about that. Yeah. Talk about them uh, finally, previewing this week six. We got two. Well, actually, we got five, which we got to talk about because now that's going to interfere with yes. these matchups. This is finally the first week that we have bye weeks affecting matchups. So, the last, you know, five weeks, everyone's had their full rosters. Now, now the matchups get a little dicey because even if you are the superior team, you could, you know, be down one of your best players. So it's uh, anybody's ball game. I already know I'm probably going to lose this week. Cause I think I have like five guys on a bye cause I have literally players on the saints and the 49ers. So I'm screwed, but uh, yeah, you guys adjust your rosters by bye weeks and everything. And um, good luck uh, again, are highlighting our divisions and stuff right now. Currently the leader in the division race is community. They have the best record so far through two weeks sitting at six and two right now, which is bizarre because how many have been eliminated from the survivor series? Oh yeah. Uh, half of them have already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go ahead, sir. Do you want to give out our, our matchups of the week? I'll give out the first one. Perfect. I'll highlight the first one. The first one is going back to the community division. Shane, the community human beings, versus Cameron. Both teams, four and one. Both teams, strong squads. This is going to be a good showdown. This is going to be a nice showdown between competitive teams. It is. And these are our two San Diego members that will be squaring off with each other. San Diegoites. The San Diegans. Oh, ooh, this is a this is a home field. This is a battle for San Diego now. Exactly. This is a this, turf. This is a turf war. This is a loser leaves town matchup. Yeah. Whoever loses has to move out of the state. Oh man. Well, I already know that. So so wow, you already just said that Shane's losing then, huh? I mean, I guess he's already got his travel plans Shane, decided. Damn, Shane, you already gave up that quick, huh? Uh, he already knew he was losing this matchup. That's why he planned his months whole family ago. months ago to move to Indiana. That's how much fear you strike in the heart of your competitors, Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> so this will be a good one to watch between these two. Um, the other one we want to highlight, obviously, two teams that have started off really well, two teams that are in first place in their division. And that is Anthony, who's sitting at four and one, and the man who's on the call with me, Brandon, sitting at three and two, top of King of the Hill. This will be a tough matchup for you after you just said, you just played Marcus, who's the number one team. Now you're facing the other four and one team. Uh, how are you feeling going in this matchup? I'm nervous. I don't have Cordell Patterson. <laughs> He's mm. been a stud for me. He has been, luckily got Darrell Williams again, you know, slide into that spot, but. I feel a lot more confident if I had Patterson playing too. So we shall see how this goes. We'll Anthony, see. I'm looking to knock you off your high horse right now. Bring you back down. Let's go. It's going to be a good one. You guys both can put up points. You know, I thought I thought I had Anthony on the ropes and then he pulled it out and stuff. And so uh, hopefully you'll be able to maybe do that this week and everything. So uh, I just need – I need the teams with better records to continue to lose to the inferior teams to even out the field to give me any shot in hell uh, <laughs> at climbing back in the standings. So um, good luck, everybody, this week, week six. Hopefully you guys have a great um, matchup. Also, I want to highlight this. Um, our Mortal Kombat League event is this Sunday, 
October 17th. It is going to be at John Peterson's house. It is thrown by the Mortal Kombat division. It is going to be a Mortal Kombat slash Halloween themed party. So hopefully uh, a lot of people will be able to make it. Um, I, unfortunately, this is going to be, you know, I'm going to be making league history right here by saying this is the first league event I'm not going to be able to make. And uh, I'm upset about that because I just booked two weeks ago a Netflix shoot. And all this weekend from Friday till Monday, I'll be at Netflix Studios in Santa Monica shooting a project. Um, Let's go. So so I won't be able to be at the league event. I'm upset about it, but uh, I hope you guys, you know, understand because I'm going to be working on this cool project. I don't even know who exactly I'm working on it with. So we'll see when I'm there, but that'll be my whole weekend taking over. So I'm sorry, everyone at Mortal Kombat. I hope you guys have a great event. I just won't be there. So I'll be there in heart. You guys will have to tell me about it on the pod next week. Man, don't even sweat it, Kamish. Everyone's going to be stoked for you again to do that. That's what you like to do. So, yeah. I will apologize right now because, honest to God, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it with the newborn. Uh, so I haven't posted photos, you guys, but my son has a – his ears is growing in, like, almost, like, pointy, like an elf ears. If you guys ever see me, next time you guys see me, look at my ears. I have kind of pointy elf ears. <laughs> well, my son's right ear is hella pointy, so he has ear molds on. So that's been one of the reasons why I can't quite get away because uh, it's got to take care of that. So I do want you all to know that I love you guys. I miss you all. I will for sure, for sure be at the King of Hill function when we host that. But I do miss you guys all very, very much this season. Perfect, man. Well, I want to just thank you for jumping on this with me. Um, You know, obviously we haven't been able to hang out as much this year with uh, football because you've been a busy man with not only the new job and the new baby, but uh, I want to thank you for (laughs) cutting out a couple driving hours to do this episode with me and get to on the episode um, and, uh, yeah, man, I hope you had I hope you had fun. Hopefully, uh, we, we didn't crash. We made it. Brandon's almost home. So uh, well, this was this was a success, I feel like. Uh, you know what? There were some stumbles on my end, trying to balance looking at my other phone, reading notes, trying not to crash in traffic. But uh, we managed. I we had managed. a great time. This helped me pass the time. This was probably the most enjoyable drive home in traffic I've ever had. Well, I'm glad to hear, man. We even got some gas. We uh, hopefully... Uh, avoided being canceled talking about John Gruden, but God knows uh, we'll see when people listen to this, maybe we'll get canceled. You know, there was, it's funny because I've been tweeting nonstop about all that fiasco. And at one point today, my Twitter froze and I was like, Oh, I've been blocked. I've been blocked. I thought, I thought it had happened, but I'm like, they got me. They blocked me for having an opinion. Oh man. Yeah, man. The thought police are coming for everybody. Thought police is coming. (laughs) well all right we'll end this episode here thank you guys so much again for listening and thank you brandon again for joining me um we're signing out hopefully everyone has a good week six uh this is your commish signing out peace out everybody have a great rest of your night